Louise McSharry on 2FM. We're doing our TV slot a little bit sooner than we normally would because this week Disney Plus launched Star, which is like a new channel on the platform. We've talked about it on the show briefly before. It's got loads of old films and loads of old um, TV series and it's also got some new stuff, but it's it's quite overwhelming and hard to figure out. So I thought we'd get some expert advice. Um, we have got content editor at One Five Day and creator of the podcast The Weekly Watch, Orla Condon on the line. Hello, Orla. Hi Louise, where's the like breaking TV news klaxon? Like we've got new content, everyone needs to pay attention. <laughs> I know, it's so true, but I find, now we're going to get into it because we've got a couple of other bits to talk about, but I find the actual platform hard to navigate. Yeah, it's not, it's it's very similar looking interface to Netflix, but I guess because you've been on Netflix likely a lot longer, you'll have built up your kind of list and it'll present things that knows you like. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit more confusing. They kind of also mix and match. Like if they've got a, a romantic, you know, kind of headline, they'll have TVs and movies in there, which yeah. is just a bit confusing. And it also looks like there's a lot more content than there actually is. So you feel like you're never going to understand what's there. Mm. Um, but there are ways on the website where they've given the full rundown just in a long list. Um, so you can have a look and it's a lot more manageable than what it presents itself on the website I think they're trying to make it look as if they've added like thousands of titles there's a lot there but it's a very manageable list Okay well we'll get to some recommendations in a couple of minutes but let's start because I have seen you talking about a new uh, release on Netflix which is not brand new to like television or the world Um, but you know me Anytime there's a bit of trash, new trash that's available, oh. my little, my interests are piqued. And I see that this is a show you are a huge fan of. So please, can you tell us about Are You the One? Why should we be watching it? Is it the escape we're all looking for? Are You the One is the definition of reality TV trash. Like, please set your trash standards high because that's <laughs> what you're going to get here. Um, it is an older show. I think it started airing back in like 2015, maybe on MTV. Um, but the first two seasons have come to Netflix. And for a lot of people, you know I'm Love Island obsessed. And a lot of people that I talk about Love Island too when it's on, they're like, they, they should do this, like Are You The One? And Are You The One does it like this? And it's one of those shows that just embraces the madness. Uh, and there's also a really good structure to it. And, and that's a big reason why I love Love Island. You've got your matchups and you've got, and there's kind of something propelling you forward all the time. Mm. This one relies on the fact that there are 20 singles who are kind of meant to be terrible at relationships and at love and are struggling to find their perfect match. So they must move into a villa mm. in Hawaii to find them. Of course. Um, but they all live in this gorgeous house and there are experts who have already predetermined that there are 10 perfect matches amongst those 20 singles who have just moved in. Kind of similar to Married the First Sight yeah. with the kind of testing and the you know personality interviews and all that kind of stuff. They basically pair them up, but they have to work out who their perfect match is. Okay. So each week there is a match-up ceremony where they pick who they believe their perfect match is and they have to sit and wait to see if they're right. If they get all 10 perfect matches... They win $1 million, which they're like, $1 million, but it's to share amongst 20 of them. So it's, it's a, a more humble prize fund, but it's still 50k each. So we'll take it. But it's 
very yeah. dramatic. I am not uh, sniffing at 50k. Like <laughs> No, but they're literally like, oh my God, what, I don't know what I'm going to do with a $1 million. million dollars. Dollars. I'm like, yeah, don't yeah. worry about it, guys. <laughs> you won't have that kind of problem on your hands. Uh, but yeah, it's very good. I will say it will be jarring to anyone who hasn't seen it before. A lot of my friends who are watching it for the first time, they're like, oh my God, it's so weird. Like, it, it is a bit outdated. Like, some of the language that is used will make you kind of wince a little bit and go, oh God, I can't believe they just said that on telly. Mm. They're also allowed drink, like, kind of unlimitedly. So, like, you see them get quite drunk, which, again, for anyone watching the Island, there's a three-drink rule. We don't really see contestants get really drunk on, on telly. So it will be a little bit jarring when you watch that. You're like, oh, God, they're allowed to do this. And obviously that leads to kind of its own share of problems. Mm. But I actually find the kind of stra- strategy behind finding the 10 perfect matches really interesting because about halfway through, they always start working out the maths of like, well, if we got three that week and we got two that week, and, mm. and I love when it gets to that part of the series. I just think it's highly addictive. I'm gutted there's only two series on Netflix because the, one of the most recent series uh, is the Come One, Come All series where all the contestants are sexually fluid and there's no gender limitations on who their perfect matches could be. Oh. So you have 16 kind of mix of men and women and it's not just the women trying to find their perfect male match. It could yeah. be anyone amongst the 16. Uh, and it's one of those shows where that format really works. That's really good because, you know, really the vast majority of dating programs that we see are extremely heteronormative. Um, you know, you very rarely see anything beyond kind of straight male-female relationships. Um, that's very interesting. Maybe we'll get more. Maybe if this does, if this goes well, maybe Netflix will bring us some more. How many yeah. episodes are we talking here, Orla? Is it loads? Oh, or? There's only like 10 per season because the okay. idea is that you get 10 chances to get the, yeah. the 10 right couples. So it's very manageable. And yeah. and yeah, you'll be kind of spurred into the next one really easily. So you'll binge through this really quickly. Okay, yeah, because I've kind of wilted halfway through Married at First Sight. 32, I like know. 32 episodes or whatever. That's a lot. Disgusting. Like, 32 Disgusting. hours? Like, I got to episode 21 the other day and they were like, we're halfway through the experiment. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> I've invested so much of my life in this. You can't tell me that I've more to go. Like, oh, this is crazy. That, that is, that's, it's too much. Although it's I suppose much. if you were watching a series of Love Island, there's, there's a lot I of I mean, episodes. yeah, I, I would watch that pretty much every week of the year. So I can't <laughs> say that I don't have the stamina for this kind of stuff. Okay, let's stay with Netflix because I've seen there's been an interesting conversation around crime scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which is a four-part true crime series or the Cecil Hotel, is it? Uh, the four-part yeah. true crime series on Netflix. Um, and I suppose there's been a conversation about the ethics of this program and what Netflix is doing in general with true crime. Yeah, I mean, Netflix has kind of set itself as the standard maker for true crime documentaries at this at this stage after, like, obviously making a murderer just kind of set it apart. And then from there, they've pretty consistently released them every month, if not every couple of months. Um, and this is the latest release. They've been slow on the release over the last year. So there's been one or two so far in 2021. And this one was highly anticipated. Um, yeah, it's about this hotel in the kind of Skid Row area of L.A., which is one of the poorest parts of the city. Mm. Um, and it's about a story that some people might be aware of because it's one of those kind of conspiracy theories that comes up on like YouTube, uh, you know, rundowns every once in a while. But it's about the disappearance of 21-year-old Canadian student uh, Alyssa Lam, who went missing while she was staying in the hospital or in the hotel, rather, sorry, and was found later found dead in the hotel's water tower. Um, yeah, it's getting a lot of backlash, and I think rightfully so. It has pushed Netflix kind of 
uh, into this weird space of kind of feeding the conspiracy theory monster. It's, it's a four-part series, and for three whole episodes of that four-part series, we're kind of led to, you know, rely on the testimony of kind of very few police, one or two police, a couple of hotel staff, but mostly kind of internet conspiracy theorists who have, you know, YouTube channels and have analysed the kind of evidence that was released publicly at the time. Mm. And their kind of, you know, detective work and investigative work around the case is kind of the main pillar of testimony in the in the series. Mm. Uh, and they, talk, they touch on things like supernatural elements. You know, they question whether she was possessed and because of video footage that was released at the time. And, you know, was there another person there? Was she trying to send us signals? All this kind of stuff. And then you, you, it was constantly punctuated by this reference of how dangerous it was for young women to be in that part of LA on their own. So constantly kind of feeding this this narrative that something went awry here and this girl was the victim of something terrible in this area. Mm. Um, it got as far as to, to actually uh, say that there, there was this death metal singer, Pablo Ver, Vergara, I think is his name. They accused him of killing her because he was in the area at the time. It, it's just very indulgent of those kind of online communities that are acting as kind of citizen police. And then by the very end in your fourth episode, we finally realised that Alyssa Lam actually had bipolar disorder. Uh, and it took us, you know, 70% of the documentary without learning about any of her kind of mental health struggles or the condition that she had. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't want to say spoiler, because I actually think this is one that you should go into with your eyes open. Mm. She came off her medication and it made her act erratically and she ended up in the water tower. So, I mean, this was not, there was no, you know, other person. There was no spiritual nature there. It was just... Uh, you know, a terrible incident that happened to this girl mm. who just came off her medication while she was in this hotel. Mm. The fact that she was in this hotel is why they indulged these stories for so long. So yeah, it's getting a lot of backlash for the fact that it's leading us down one path when the answer really isn't anywhere down that path. And I think it's it's the most clear example of Netflix doing it. We've seen it in a few other uh, true crime series they've done. Don't F with Cats was another one yeah. where they kind of didn't focus on the human aspect of one of the victims in in that documentary. And this is just another example. And I think it's just disappointing because I feel like we head into Netflix true crime documentaries and we're like, this is going to be a good ride. We're going to get a really good story here with really interesting uh, testimony from police and investigators and family. And really what we got here was just them kind of spinning a tail and then us actually realising that had nothing to do with what happened. Yeah, uh, making it a four hours out of what could have been 20 minutes. And, Absolutely. But I suppose getting their ratings. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation in the context of true crime in general. I'd be interested to see how things carry on there. Um, yeah. Now, let's talk about Star. So, let's. the nuts and bolts. <laughs> if you the have Disney bolts. Plus already, you have Star. Yeah, so basically, if, if you log on to Disney Plus already, you'll know that they kind of have, you know, five pillars of content. They have the Disney pillar, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. They're the kind of five pillars. Star is now the fifth, the sixth pillar of that. Um, so basically, it kind of means uh, a lot of content that they've bought up. So a lot of TV shows that we'll have already seen or have already been on, our, been on our screens with a few new additions that don't kind of fit the Disney, as we know it, you know, childlike brand. Mm. Um, so it definitely feels more Netflix and Amazon Prime-y than maybe Disney Plus did before. And I know a lot of people were a little bit disappointed with the Disney Plus launch last year because they burned through their kind of, you know, childhood favourites pretty quick and then there wasn't a lot left for them to enjoy. I know you have both, you've been delighted to have it, Louise, because the kids can watch it and yeah, you can if kind you of have enjoy kids, it as well. It's a, yeah, it's a different, a different story, isn't it? 
yeah, so you will have Star if, if you have Disney Plus already. And I do think for anyone who was maybe hesitant to sign up and didn't really go for it last year, this could be your time to jump on board because this is the first sign of them buying up a lot of kind of great content that you're not going to now find on, on the kind of rival platforms. Mm. Um, so I just find when I go, actually go on to the platform, there's like the recommendations for me and then I can't seem to get beyond that. And uh, I'm just not having much joy. So I need you to, to offer okay. some guidance. What's okay, new it, on there that is interesting? Okay, there, there's a very easy way to kind of find everything that's new. It's a bit like when your parent reads out a, a website to you and it's like www.disney. <laughs> well, basically, if you just Google Disney Plus Star, one of the first results will be the actual Disney website and it'll have a forward slash Disney Plus Star. If you click there, you can scroll down and there'll be a button that says see the full list. Now, maybe not everyone's going to follow those steps and it might be different on your screen than mine, but there is a place where you can see the full list and like that, it gives you every title that's there. It's very clearly laid out. And like I said, it's a very manageable list um, and there's a lot of stuff you'll easily pick out that you'll watch. Um, some of the stuff that I am delighted to see come uh, to the platform, Alias was one of those shows that I just, I used to beg my mom to let me stay up late of like a Thursday night to watch this on RT2 when I was smaller. And like, I'd be like, please, please, Alias is on, I love it. Um, so when I saw this was coming to Disney Plus, I was delighted because it's very hard to find it anywhere else. But it's it's the show that starred Jennifer Garner. It was kind of her, probably one of her biggest TV kind of projects at the time. Yeah, uh, Ma- like major cult following, right? Oh, huge. Yeah, I, I think it didn't it, it didn't have the level of like Buffy and things like that. I don't really know why. And um, pr- probably because of the supernatural element, those shows always kind of seem to break into other worlds and they've all the fan fiction and stuff like that. But Alias was just brilliant. Bradley Cooper is also in it for like the first two seasons as one of her best mm. friends. And it ran for, for only five seasons. I actually thought it was a much longer running series than that. But that is on the platform. Uh, again, it hasn't really been anywhere else. So this is kind of the first time that like modern day streamers can actually access it. Mm. Ugly Betty was another one that we would have watched. I think it was like Tuesday at 8 p.m. Yes, it was oh on RT2. I loved Ugly Betty. Did it not just it. make you want to like? I that was like, yeah, I want to work in the media. Look at this; it's so cool. <laughs> I was like thinking, this is what it was. I'd be Betty Suarez walking into Mo's magazine, living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> is it not like that? No, there's no Wilhelmina Slater walking around or like. <laughs> not in Ireland, I mean? anyway. No, no, but it's free and it's all there. Again, that only ran for like four, four years, four seasons, which was much shorter again than I thought it was. But that's another brilliant show from kind of the mid noughties. Uh, but there's loads of other gems. Buffy, like I mentioned, is there, which is just one of those huge cult series that people rewatch time and time again. Mm. Uh, Blackish is there, which is a more recent release and very popular with the, the, the award season. You'll always see it getting yeah. huge praise. Cougar Town, which is the Courtney Cox um, series that she did after Friends, a couple of years after Friends. It never really took off here. It did air in Ireland. It never really took off. I think the name didn't do it justice. They yeah. kind of painted it as this weird kind of, you know... You know, female gets divorced and now she's dying to meet a man and it's actually a very funny series and that's all there and I can watch it. Desperate Housewives is another huge hit that is there and um, it hasn't been on Netflix for very long um, for anyone to get through all of it but it's now all on Disney Plus so you can enjoy it there. Grey's Anatomy is there as well but I know a lot of people find it easier to, to binge watch that because it comes up every once in a while on Netflix. Mm. Uh, what else have we got? Lost, Prison Break, Scrubs, Scandal, Sons of Anarchy. Like there's a lot of really great lengthy kind of eight nine ten season series mm. on Disney Plus so there's lots of binging for you and yeah. um, I know you were speaking to Emer yesterday about like comfort movies mm-hmm. and like there's loads of them on Disney Plus as well like, yeah, I know a few that she mentioned are there as well 
and um, beaches and Braveheart and you're one of the ones I saw you talking about Pat by Me Love Can't which I need to watch because I've never oh, seen it I adore that it's like a classic 80s teenage rom-com it's so good Can't Buy Me Love when you said it's like if you like Molly Ringwald you'll love this I yes. was like I'm in I'm in Sign 100% me up, I'm Patrick Dempsey is the main character in it also known as McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy <sighs> um, and he starts out as a nerd and then he has a transformation it's so, so good <laughs> that always happened to the 80s didn't it they were it always did. getting transformations oh, in the sure, 80s look, who doesn't love a transformation <laughs> do you know what I mean we but all want fun. a transformation <laughs> Oh, I would love one now get in my joggers and hoodies yeah <laughs> I've like just seen human again. Connor is on there which I would watch 100,000 times that's a comfort film for me actually Connor oh, even though it shouldn't down. be <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, so good it's so creepy it's so okay. creepy 95 well, is there that's what I'm watching this again that's amazing what I decided. So amazing. It's, it's great but there is a list so like I said if you google Disney Plus star and go to the Disney website you'll see a button see full list and yeah. you'll be able to see everything more plainly laid out yeah. I can send you the link and maybe you can share it with your fans <laughs> absolutely thank you Orla Orla Condon so you. appreciate you coming on and chatting to us that is Orla who always talks TV with us she is uh, sorry Orla I'm looking for your, your full title content editor at One Fab Day and the creator of the TV <laughs> podcast legend. The Weekly Watch <laughs> <laughs> okay, Orla, have a good one. Talk to you soon. You too. Take Bye. care. Louise McSharry on 2FM.